What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome to the GOAT District live via the Player Profiler Network. We are entering week eight of the NFL season. And one thing is for sure, there are some golden oldies putting up some league winning production. Tonight, we look at seasoned vets who are putting smiles on fantasy owners who were bold enough to draft them over the new shiny toys. Were you one of those owners? We have a lot to get to. So go grab yourself a cold one. Smash the like button and let's get. Goat district, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash off is the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. Trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome back to the GOAT District, and we are happy to be back on the Player Profiler Network on a Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. You can find us here on the weekly. Dan, I can't believe it is already week eight. Walking into week eight, I mean, we've got seven weeks behind us now. You start seeing separation, not only in the NFL, you know, teams like Baltimore trying to find, starting to find form, uh, you know, maybe some, some, fakers uh coming uh coming out you know to reality now and you see that in your own fantasy leagues you know the the top teams are the cream is you know rising to the top and then those you know bottom teams are kind of uh you know putting up the l's so you're starting to see the shape of the leagues but there's still a lot of fantasy there's still a lot of football to go down yeah definitely and uh you know just just like the vikings you don't want to try to count yourself out too early mm-hmm. uh, but on the other hand uh you, ne- you know you need to be aware of the hand you've been played um you know some of that might be due to yourself some of that might be due to injuries or other circumstance but uh yeah you've you, you got to kind of figure out where you're at where you're going especially in dynasty and start making moves to go in the right direction for sure. And tonight we're, we're going to dive uh, into, I mean, you see it in the thumbnail. You've got the, the topic du jour, Dan, is the golden oldies. You see it right now, you know, whether you look at the rankings or, you know, stat leaders, there are some of these old vets, Dan, that, you know, coming into the season, you and I both know are, they're not as fun. They're not as shiny. They're not as new as, let's say, the rookies or those second year breakout, those sexy, sexy first and second year uh, upside picks, right, Dan, as opposed to the tried and true? Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's kind of a funny thing. Uh, you know, we we tried to discourage 
the older receivers, the older running backs, the older everybody, I think a little bit too quick. And, uh, you know, what we forget is these guys are outliers. You know, if if their career has lasted this long, they're not just like some, you know, normal run-of-the-mill wide receiver or running back or anything like that. We're ageist, Dan. We're we're ageist, and I know it's easier to get to become ageist in some positions versus versus others. Right now, you look at you know the the rankings for for receivers um, so far, and you know sprinkled in there, you've got a lot of these guys. I mean, they were going high enough first two rounds, first two three rounds, Dan. But at least you're getting your money's worth. You know what I mean? Whereas People maybe who drafted Bijan uh, in the first round, maybe not the happiest after this past weekend. Um, you know, there's there's some injuries that, that have occurred. Whereas the tried and true, Dan, again, it, it's not as sexy when you draft uh, your team and you're looking at it and everyone in the league, you know, especially we do those leagues, Dan, where we've got like a bunch of our friends that we like to compete with. And you're looking at the rosters after we're looking at the draft boards. Um, they don't look as sexy. But right now, those are the teams that are putting up the numbers. I mean, if you look at overall, Dan, you, you know, you and I did a lot of drafts coming into the season. We did a lot, you know, on this very channel. We did a lot more on the GOAT District channel, which you should go subscribe to right now so you don't miss a thing. And uh, brain fart, Dan. Save me. Brain okay. fart. I, I will save you. So, here, here's one way to look at it, and that is the, the best prediction of, of players who are going to perform well, especially at wide receiver, is those who have performed well in the past. Um, if you follow Jacob Rickroad on, uh, on the X or Twitter or whatever they're calling it these days, um, you know, he, he has a chart that he will, he will put out anytime you want. Um, you know, if you look back through his feed, you'll probably find it. And it just shows, you know, like, the, the PPR finishes for all the top 24 wide receivers. And it, it goes back, he goes back into history, like into the early 2000s, um, maybe even slightly before that. And it's amazing. Once players jump up into the top 24, it, especially if they stay there a second year, the odds are going to appear time and time and time again are very, very high. So, you know, you, you don't want to go counter to that. You want to be leaning into that instead of leaning away from that. Um, you know, like I say, I think, you know, these, these players who are performing well at 28, 27 years old, you know, and you're going, yeah, well, they're, they're, they've, they've passed their age peak now. I don't want to draft them at 29. Uh, you know, they're already outliers by performing as well as they are at, at uh, 27, 28 years old. You know, when you look at these age curves and all that kind of stuff, it's taking into account, most of them are taking into account all wide receivers. Uh, You know, the ones who are up for a cup of coffee versus, you know, the ones who hang around for a decade or more. And so, you know, the, the older guys are not necessarily the guys you want to be discarding right away. But as always, situation is going to matter as much or more than anything. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if we're looking at, then, you know, you're looking at rankings right now, wide receivers, you're looking, you know, coming into the season where we were at, how are receivers doing compared to other positions? Cause running back, it's easy to be an ageist, you know, coming into the season, just to, to kind of tail off on what you were talking about. You, you don't want to box yourself out of anything right when you're when you're coming in and say i'm not drafting receivers over this age or i'm not drafting 
Because at the end of the day, Dan, as much as we sit here and we analyze coming into the season, we try to figure out, you know, the best builds, the best, you know, how to approach tiers and rankings. It comes to one simple fact, Dan. You got to draft the right player. You know, you, you know, you maybe you drafted some older players, but maybe maybe you didn't draft the ones that are crushing right now, right? So at the end of the day, you got to draft the right players. So when you're looking at other positions compared to the the receiver position, do you have a position where you see age being more of a factor? Um, you know, like we're seeing right now with these older receivers, because like you said, and we talk about it often when we do our dynasty shows. If a receiver's been in the top 12 already, finished top 12 as a receiver for a season, there's a very, very high chance and a way higher chance than any other option there that you're drafting to finish again as a top 12, as a top 12 receiver, wide receiver one. And I mean, doesn't that make it simple? You know, and are we not maybe complicating it, Dan, by by trying to find the <laughs> next hot thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, part of it is if you can find that next young hot thing, especially in Dynasty, that's worth an awful lot. In Redraft, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you're they're all going back into the pool at the end of the year. So, you know, who cares how really who cares how old Tyreek Hill is? All we care about is, you know, how can he do this year? But, you know, if you take a look at, um, you know, just looking at the player profile or Dynasty rankings, the you know, the top 10 wide receivers. You've got, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, all ranked ahead of Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, yeah. which, yeah. It, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not here to quibble with the rankings. I'm just saying that that's something that you can exploit if you're willing to do it. Uh, you know, you're giving up, you know, that youth, you know, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith. Those are those are guys that are between 23 and 24 years old right now. Uh, the Waddell and Smith are about to turn 25. And Tyreek Hill is about basically five years older than Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith. But on the other hand, he's also the number one wide receiver in all of Dynasty, and it ain't close. Uh, you know, and that's worth a lot when you can get those super premium performers. So that's what you want to be looking for is, you know, look for those receivers who can be super premium performers. And if they've already done it, they've got a much, much higher chance of doing it rather than you trying to speculate and say, you know, yeah, I'm going to draft Drake London and hope he can join those ranks, or I'm going to draft uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and hope he can join those ranks because, you know, 80% of the time, those guys are going to fail to do as well, you know, as a Tyree kill 90% of the time, 95% of the time. I mean, put, put your own uh, figure on it, but it's not happening often, whereas Tyree kill is kind of the sure thing right now. Yeah, and that, and that comes down to your roster build too, right, Dan? Like even if it's redraft or it's dynasty, having an older stud receiver, you'll adjust your roster based on that. So you can always kind of make it work. And I'm sure right now you've got Tyree Kill in that build. You're feeling really good about it on a weekly basis, especially these guys, Dan. Like we see Stefan Diggs tied to, to you know, Allen maybe not having his best time right now, but still tied to, to Allen and, you know, uh, one of the better offenses in the league. You've got Tyreek tied to Tua, and, you know, we all know how the, the power that's coming out of Miami's offense and the production that's coming out of there. So especially these guys, you know, Allen with Herbert, that are tied to a good offense, to a good receiver, and they've done it before not only once. Some of these guys, Dan, have done it a few times, have been at the top, you know, of the receiver rankings. So, you know, you, you hope that you, you mixed in some of these guys. Uh, I know Tyree Kill is a guy I have, I'm very happy to have a lot of right now. I know, you know, you and I have teams together. We even did a show uh, together about going out there and buying uh, Tyree Kill for a team that we turned around um, thanks to him and, and a couple other moves. 
let's think you know going into 2024 then how has this you know kind of keeping it macro before we get into some specific player situations but how has this or does this change how you draft going into next year seeing how these guys i feel like every year this kind of happens where these these vets you know put up these these nice production numbers right yeah and it, it you know everything is kind of um you know, it, it's a little bit specific to each particular player. Uh, you know, like you're paying a lot more for Tyreek Hill in a startup dynasty next year than you're going to pay for, example, uh, Keenan Allen uh, or Amari Cooper. You know, and there are reasons for that, obviously. Uh, you know, 26.9 reasons per week or something like that for Tyreek Hill. Um you know, but the the thing is, is being able to recognize the value where you find it. Because I was looking through um, some of the startup dynasty values uh, just from this past, you know, the twenty three season, and you know, you find you know a player like Keenan Allen nestled in between Amari Cooper and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, and to me, Keenan Allen is kind of that value that stands out. And it's mm-hmm. easy to say, well, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. He was he was hurt last year. How did you know he wasn't going to be hurt this year? You're getting the injury discount on him because Keenan Allen, without that hamstring injury last year, would have probably been a lot closer to um, you know wide receiver. You know, because he's he was going at uh, I lost him here. Uh, he was going at wide receiver thirty five um, in dynasty startups. And, you know, he would have been probably going closer to wide receiver 15 or something like that uh, if it not was not for that injury. So, you know, you, you kind of have to look and say, which, which of these guys don't fit? You know, I can look at DeAndre Hopkins and I can say, yeah, he's a, he was a wide receiver 40 because he's on an offense that just doesn't throw the ball that much. Uh, you know, so that makes sense. I can look at Amari Cooper and I can say, hey, he's he potentially has quarterback problems with uh, – uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, Watson looked terrible last year. So, you know, I can understand why he was there. And you, you just have to look and see with each player, you know, is there is, you know, is there a reason why they're down here? Or are they just down here because people are tired of them? Yeah. Yeah. And that happens, right? Yep. Or they don't have the right jersey on or, you know. Yes. And exactly. And, and uh, Anthony in the, in, the, in the chat pointing out Allen was on a way better offense than Amari and Hopkins, too. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's, you know, when you can get that older player that, you know, his quarterback already is relying on in a better offense, you know, that's what you want to do. So, you know, you, you want to pick and choose your spots for the older players, but you don't want to just necessarily be pushing up youth uh, no matter what. Um, you know, and, and, and one thing I kind of want to talk about here is like those, uh, those wide receiver twos on their own teams, um, like Devonta Smith, T Higgins, uh, Jalen Waddle, you know, those are all, or were all, um, top 12 dynasty wide receivers over the past year. Uh, you know, if you're doing a startup in 23, um, you were looking at them as a, you know, basically a wide receiver one. Because uh, you were going to have to draft them in the top twelve wide receivers, and you know, I I think that what we're starting to learn is that that might not be the best idea to be pushing wide receiver twos on their own team up into wide receiver one overall range, even though they are nice and young and you know productive, and they've you know they've 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 shown us that they can play the game and play the game at a high level. But the problem is that they're being blocked by another player and. You know, how, how are you going to blame, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts for throwing the ball to A.J. Brown a whole lot more than Devonta Smith? It's working, right? 
Uh, they're paying A.J. Brown a lot of money to go do that. So that's what they're going to do, Devonta Smith. Hey, good player. If anything happens to A.J. Brown, you got yourself a league winner maybe. But, you know, he's not going to be that guy week in, week out, like what you paid for. Yeah, it, it almost becomes like you're just trying to get a piece of that offense or you want a piece of that quarterback and you're trying to get the next best thing. But they're pushed up in value, uh, overvalued, of course. It's almost like I think of when I used to do like hockey pools back in the day for the playoffs when the playoffs would come and you'd see guys on the third and fourth line on some teams getting drafted ahead of like top line guys on, on other teams just because they didn't think they would go as far as what or whatever into the playoffs. But the guys who take those values on those top lines later are the guys who pay off, uh, you know, when those teams go, go far. So it's similar here where if you're paying attention to who. You know, we talk about then either narrow targets or just being one of the target hogs on on the roster. Um, I, you know, and maybe we get our hopes up with the, with the, the number two guys again, just wanting a piece of that offense. Um, and you know, especially with these guys that have shown us something, Dan, like you know, T. Higgins have had has had this huge games. Devontae Smith has had the, the huge games. So um, you know, we we get uh, we get a little like too excited, I think, and uh, push their values up, especially when they're younger guys. You know, they're 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 shiny toys, Dan. And you know, next to Keenan Allen on that on that in the player queue, it's just not as pretty. Yep, exactly. So let's look at couple of these guys we already talked about them stefan diggs and tyree kill both of them now over 29 uh, or past the past the 29 mark we see kind of you know once you get into the 30 31 then there's kind of that cliff drop everyone's different but it seems pretty um consistently around that range we've seen some of the best you know drop off after the the three starts uh, uh popping up on their age tyreek has a few more 20 plus yard plays obviously i think he's got like almost double um of what diggs has but you're loving either one of these guys right now. Which which guy would you prefer moving forward? What do you think? I know, like, if you are a contender, you're probably, you know, not moving these guys. But let's say you thought your team was a contender. You started off okay, and now you're, you know, you've, you've suffered a few more losses, Dan. You're not contending this year. What do you want for one of these guys if you're selling them in Dynasty? Yeah, for Tyreek Hill, you, you still need a lot. Um, an awful lot, or Stefan Diggs, because, you know, the thing is, you know, Tyreek Hill said, I want to play for two more years after this. Uh, you know, what's your standard window in Dynasty? Uh, you know, it's it's three years or less. I mean, if you're playing with a three-year window, you're playing, you know, I think, very long range, the way the, the Dynasty game is played today. And especially, you know, when you, when you start thinking about, oh, well, you know, he's only going to last two more years or something like that. Go back and look at the dynasty rankings from, you know, two years ago and laugh because, you know, we get so much comically wrong. But the things that tend to be right, again, tend to be those players who have been there before, who have done it before. Uh, you know, so I, you know, like if you have a Tyreek Hill and you're doing a rebuild, I don't think you necessarily need to get rid of him. I mean, you know, if you can move him for enough picks to make it worthwhile, sure. But you know, if, you, if your rebuild is taking longer than a year or two, you, you're probably not doing it right to start with, or you're in a very, very tough league, in which case, yeah, maybe you do sell them. But, uh, you know, I, Tyreek Hill, at, at his production, he's got to be worth at least two firsts right now. Uh, absolutely. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, and I might even want, like, a, a decent upside type of Jamison Williams type add on to those two firsts, you know, some kind of upside play as well. Um, back, but I think you're right. It's always nice when you don't have to get rid of a stud, 
and you're doing like a reno mode then because you know we like to make them quick but sometimes let's say you take over an orphan you know and they've got hill and maybe a bunch of scrubs that's the only piece really you can move so that's kind of why the the question but i mean you're right you don't always have to move these these uh these high production guys because the other thing is you need you you want production going into the next season too right especially if you want that team to compete because you're still gonna have the whole off season to to reno mode or rebuild or whatever so you don't necessarily need to think two three years down the road all right let's um one of your favorites dan uh used to be in minnesota definitely one of the older guys in the leagues right now adam Thielen pulling a steve smith a la cam newton uh when they first connected in carolina Thielen right now seventh in receptions 49 of 59 targets carolina though 23rd in scoring 24th in passing yards per game then but number one in pass attempts in the league right now what can we expect or can we expect this to continue for Thielen you think the rest of the year um or do you think someone like Mingo or one of these younger you know guys on the on the team come up and maybe start stealing a bit of that uh, target or momentum as we get into the deeper into the season in a way, it kind of seems crazy to say, yeah, he can continue it. But in a way, it it also isn't because this is a guy who's done it. Um, when when he wasn't doing it, it was because either he was injured or, you know, when the Vikings were force feeding the ball to Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, that was those were not great times for Adam Thielen either. But he comes to a new team. He's running out of the slot, which is where he's always done great work. And, you know, he's he's kind of one of those really big slot guys. And that just fits with exactly what uh, Bryce Young is looking for right now. You know, a young quarterback, that slot guy, is a big safety blanket, you know. So, it's it, you know, it, it, it's like he just carries that teddy bear around with him all the time. That's what, uh, that's what Adam Thielen is uh, to Bryce Young. And so I don't see that really changing. I mean, I think, you know, as the year goes on, hopefully he can learn to target the downfield guys a little bit more. But he's always going to be coming back to Thielen because Thielen has proven he can do it. Uh, he's got that great level of confidence. And when, you, you know, when you're a rookie, you go back to those players that give you confidence when you're, when you're looking for, for targets. So uh, I'm definitely in on Thielen. Yeah, Hayden Hurst, definitely not the uh, blanky that we thought he might be. Uh, no, exactly. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we saw Thielen take that role, so we got to adjust to it. Yeah, agreed. All right, Dan, first uh, first a brain fart. Now I'm uh, a little behind on the ad read, so we got to go to a, a word from our, uh, our, our awesome sponsors here for the Player Profiler Network. This episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons, for our listeners, and they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout, but then they added challenges so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community and then you can browse the community's lines and say hey this guy's crazy i'm gonna take the other side it's cool and they have fantasy bingo rival fantasies reminded me how much fun i can have with fantasy football and use that promo code player the promo code is player they give you a 100 instant deposit match plus 25 dollars plus a free play that promo code is player for up to 125 dollars in deposit bonus and a free play you can't beat it. 
And we are back. We're talking seasoned vets just crushing leagues right now. And a couple of guys, Dan, Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen. Another couple golden oldies, as we're calling them tonight. Both currently top 10 receivers after seven weeks, Dan. A, which one do you prefer? Rest of the season, Keenan Allen or Devontae? I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. I know you were a big Keenan Allen guy coming into the season. And again, you know, just an idea. If we're talking dynasty, let's go the other way. How much would you pay for one of these guys, maybe if you're a contender right now? Yeah, so definitely Keenan Allen is the one I prefer. Not that I think he's any more, um, you know, talented or anything like that than Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams is a more talented player. But again, we're talking about we have to take into account the offense and the quarterback and everything else. And that that. That, to me, makes Keenan Allen the much better play. Uh, you know, Devonta Adams, uh, you know, I think is is going to perform better than he has the past couple weeks. I don't think that's anything age-related or anything else. It's just, you know, function of the offense has, has just been broken at the quarterback. Uh, and for Keenan Allen, I mean, I paid basically like a low first for him before the season started. And I think you can probably still get him for somewhere, probably in the mid first range, uh, something like that. I mean, you know, I think anybody who's rebuilding, if they've got Keenan Allen and you offer him a first, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to take that. Yeah, I think that's probably where he's at, like a mid to low uh, first for Thielen if you're if you're buying that way. Uh, question from the chat. Cohen is asking, his tight end is Logan Thomas. Should he spend a good amount on fa- fab on uh, Dalton Kincaid? We saw Knox go down with an injury. Um, so for those of us that do have a bit of Kincaid, he, he started a little slow, Dan, but had a decent week uh, this week. How do you see that moving forward? And I know Logan Thomas has been decent because I picked him up in a couple FFPC leagues, tight end premium, where you know I got a little light at the tight end position, and he's been he's been decent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, yeah, I I don't think I would discard Logan Thomas because I think he's you know, oh yeah, depending on depending on you know your league size, you know, sometimes you can't afford to keep a backup tight end, and I get that, but I you know, here's the thing, Dalton Kincaid is. He's, he's, we've got Dawson Knox, who has a wrist problem, uh, going on IR. Uh, you know, so now Dalton Kincaid is basically the answer at tight end for Buffalo. The question is, is whether he can overtake Gabe Davis. This past week, he definitely did. I don't know if that was a one-off or whether that's going to continue. So I think there's more risk with, uh, you know, to the downside with Dalton Kincaid, but also a lot more risk to the upside. So that's why I would say if you can hang on to to Logan Thomas, um, that's that's a great guy to have in your back pocket. And then, yeah, I would spend a pretty good amount of fab to uh, pick up Kincaid. You know, and it's hard to say how much fab you should spend. That's going to depend on your league, rules, all that kind of stuff, how they treat the tight end. But, uh, yeah, definitely worthwhile. He's got 50 of 200 remaining fab, he says. Yeah, and, you know, I and how bad do you need him? Are you a contender? You know, there's there's so many different factors in there. Exactly. But, you know, basically the way I look at it is you just don't want to, you know, if you really need a player, then you want to spend what it takes to go out and get him. And you don't worry if you overspent a little bit. If you don't really need a player, then you got to play it a little bit more, you know, close to the vest and and put in a bid that, you know, if you lose them, you're okay losing them. But if you get them, you don't feel like, oh, man, I spent too much or whatever. Especially if this is like FFPC or tight end premiums, you can get one of these, you know, Kincaid could easily be a top, you know, a tight end one the rest of the way. 
Um, right. Especially if Knox is injured and, and that drags a bit. All right. Keep the questions coming, guys, uh, in the chat. Let's go um, to LA, Dan. Cooper Cup, another vet. He's, he's, you know, he's had a couple injuries now. He's coming back from his latest injury. Um, he gave us a wide receiver 12 and a wide receiver 4 his first couple weeks um, when he came back. Puka Nakua, currently the wide receiver 1, Dan. Who would have thunk, right? Um, still getting monster production, even with Cooper Cup back. And then this past week, Cooper Cup just went 2 for 7. Or sorry, 2 receptions, seven targets for 29 yards versus Pittsburgh. While Puka had 10 for 119. How worried are you about Cooper Cup? Are you worried at all, Dan? Do you think this is just like it's these two guys and it just it might be game dependent or game flow dependent? Or or has Puka Nakua just be you know become the wide receiver one with the Rams and Stafford's new favorite target? What do you what do you think? So First, no, I'm not too worried about Cup. Uh, you know, bad games can happen for any player. Uh, secondly, in that particular game with the Steelers, uh, the Steelers have sh- shown this year to be absolutely terrible at defending outside wide receivers, whereas they've, whereas they've been pretty decent against the slot guys. Uh, I haven't looked to see exactly how much Cup was playing in the slot versus how much he's playing outside. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Puka was pretty much outside the entire time. And so, you know, that's, that's not really surprising to see Puka have a great game against the defense like that. Uh, I, I think uh, Matt Stafford is continuing to sling it and sling it well. Uh, you know, so I, I think this is more of a 1A and 1B type thing rather than a wide receiver 1 and a wide receiver 2. Guys, smash the like Show your support for the show. If you're watching this post live stream, you have questions, you have a comment on something we said, you don't like my hat, anything, man, just let us know. We're, we're happy to, to get the, uh, the feedback from you, the audience. That's what we're here for. We want to help you guys win in fantasy football. Dan and I do that in the high stakes streets. Dan, we're doing pretty good at Dynasty this year, man. It's just, I feel like every year we're just crushing those dynasty teams five and one now with i think all of them no uh six and one with six and one, uh, sorry. yeah six six and one with a couple we have we have one that was five and two so eh. all right we can't, you can't know we'll, we'll, we'll have to work on that you know it's kind of <laughs> kind of like the you know the slow kid you gotta you gotta <laughs> tutor him a little bit more um oh man i cannot i'm trying to use the um the good old trade finder for the question from our friend over here for uh, Puka. What do you think uh, his cost is right now? I, I mean, I don't know that anyone's selling him, to be honest, in Dynasty, because I feel like if you're Reno mode, he's so young. He's, I mean, he's the newest, hottest thing. But then again, if you're in rebuild, maybe he gets you a lot more back. And then if you're contending, for sure you want him, but how much is it going to cost him? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Puka has gone from somebody who, after the first week, you know, you could probably buy him for a... a you know, our first couple of weeks, you could probably still buy him for a second. I think at this point, uh, a first is not going to get it done. Uh, you know, you're probably more in the range of uh, a first plus another really solid player or something like that. I don't know if I'd go as far as two firsts. Uh, that's not a price I'm going to pay, but that might be the price that it would take to pry Puka off of anybody. Yeah, I'm anytime I'm, I don't mind buying high Dan 
but I'm definitely not buying high after a high production game. Like I'm waiting for the guy to have it done. You know what I mean? Um, right. I, I like to, to find the opportunity when I'm, you know, keep, keep that in your little notebook that you want to go out and buy yourself a Puka, um, depending on, on the league. But the op- for me, it's not always the price. It's, and I talk about this often when we talk dynasty. It's the opportunity to buy some of these guys, Dan. When that window opens, sometimes you don't really care what the price is because you don't usually get the opportunity to buy him. And I know I did that with Justin Jefferson recently. You don't buy him right now while he's on the shelf. You're probably not going to get Justin Jefferson. You know, So it, it's, it's kind of that. Um, but again, with Puka, he, he is the hottest thing right now. So I don't know that I'm necessarily going to buy him. Um, I feel like you can probably get, uh, maybe you go buy Cup, you know, after his dud. Right. Yeah. I think that would be kind of the easier way to go. It, it, where, where do you rank Puka JD as far as like, uh, you know, as a dynasty asset? Is he, uh, is he top five, top 10, top 20? <laughs> it, I laughed at because. A, I couldn't believe it when I looked at the because I was trying to see you know where the old guys were in the rankings and I could not believe he was number one first of all I was like wow um, but yeah I mean he's probably he's I, I was gonna ask you like where do you think this guy's going next year in, in drafts right like is he gonna he's he's probably going end of the first round I, I I think like if it doesn't start off that way he probably ends up there towards where we were finding like uh, ASB. And, um, you know, Diggs was kind of falling back in, in that range. I feel like that's where he's probably going to be, end of the first, beginning of the second. But if he keeps tearing like this, Dan, he could easily be, you know, maybe the next one. Maybe he's Cup, where we saw mm-hmm. Cup this year. Maybe we see Puka next offseason. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging basically um, in, a, in a PPR, he's averaging about 21 points a game. Uh, you know, and that's, that's rare air. Um, you know, for that, that's basically easily. Oh, let, let me ask you this, Dan. Let, let's play this game. Let's play this game. Sorry to cut you off, but I get excited when we do OTC. So, this we haven't done it in a while. So, let, let's look right now Puka Nakua or Zay Flowers? And we're talking Dynasty? Dynasty. Uh, Puka. Puka Nakua or Tyreek Hill? Uh, Tyreek. Devontae Smith? Uh, Puka. Metcalf? Definitely Puka. Waddle? Definitely Puka. Garrett Wilson? Uh, man, that's a tough one. What about Olave? Uh, post, post, I got, uh, post speeding ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I probably got to put Puka over him, uh, you know, and, and that's. You know, some of those things are, you know, like Olave, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, like who is his quarterback right now and who is it likely to be, you know, and, you know, it's like talent wise. Yeah, I want to I want to put Olave over Puka because I think he's, you know, in a vacuum, I think he's a better wide receiver. But, you know, again, I don't think you can put all this stuff necessarily in a vacuum, even in Dynasty, because the thing is, you've got, you know, by the time Olave gets to a different quarterback, you know, he. You know, it, it could be years from now. Uh, Does he need Stafford? What's that? Does he need Stafford? Like, do you think because we know Stafford slings it and he's great for for receivers? Let's say he he's older. He does have a back end you know issue. He's let's say he's for whatever reason not around. Yeah, I, I, I guess part of my ranking of Puka is I think Stafford's going to be around for at least a couple more years. Uh, you know, That's if my I question. didn't, 
Yeah, if I didn't believe that, then it would that would definitely change things. I mean, yeah, I think Puka is definitely one of those wide receivers that you know has to have a quarterback who's uh, you know not necessarily elite, but at least borderline elite as a yeah. you know as a thrower of the football. Uh, you know, w- we know Matthew Stafford's probably never going to challenge uh, you know Jalen Hurts or or Josh Allen. You know, as far as like fantasy points, but as far as a, you know being a thrower of the football, I think he's right up there. Yeah, so I mean, from what you were kind of where you were putting him, you probably have him like top eight, top five to top eight. I probably have him like top 12, top 10. That's probably where I'm comfortable having him right now. And like I said, if he keeps crushing like this, um, it's going to be hard not to. to it, it's For me, it's the targets. Like he just keeps getting the targets. And my worry was Cup coming back. So it's nice to see him getting those targets. I just, you know, you want to see those Cup. Uh, games as well to go with it so you got to see a lot of Stafford slinging the ball basically to for them both to be happy right and I you know I think that's an important way to uh to think about it but we've you know one thing that I think is also important is you know you kind of look at where did Puka come from right but imagine if it had been uh you know like Quentin Johnson imagine if he was the one putting up these Puka stats yeah and it wasn't Puka where would we have Quentin Johnson raked right now? I mean, he'd, he'd probably be like easily top five wide receiver in Dynasty. Guys, yeah, 20... that's a tough one because he was not very um, popular, you know, um, coming in as a rookie. Yeah, though, even though with that, I mean, you know, looking at, uh, you know, May Dynasty ADP, Quentin Johnson was number five of, of all the rookies, and he was the number three Dynasty wide receiver of the rookies. So he was right behind JSN and Jordan Addison. Okay. You know, so, you know, if you imagine him or JSN or Zay Flowers putting up these kind of video oh, game yeah, numbers. Oh, yeah, you're saying. Like, guys who yeah. drop just just yeah for sure they yeah i mean it, it, people would be falling all over themselves yeah you know to get a piece of this guy and you know i think we just kind of you know we're still kind of anchoring to that draft capital that he had which was you know he was a fourth fourth round uh you know nfl pick and also more like about a fourth round in uh dynasty uh rookie drafts as well and so we're kind of anchoring back to that with Puka. And I think, you know, he's he's got enough of a sample size right now that I think it's time to lose that anchor and just, you know, let's say let's rank him for what he's doing. It's funny you say that, Dan. I was thinking I was thinking about that today, how there's some guys that it takes longer. I'm talking like personally and maybe it's draft capital. Maybe it's the jersey they're wearing. Maybe it's but Puka's a guy that. I think I think I got him in one league, like when you know the the waiver wire frenzy went. But he's just not a guy I was like really trusting that this was a thing, you know. And by the time it it is, it's too late. And then by then, because you do have that opportunity again when those first two three games, you know, because people aren't sure yet. And like you said, people are still thinking, oh, he's got low draft capital. You know, Cooper Cup was coming back. So if you didn't buy him in the first like few weeks, it's like it's hard. For it's hard to commit to those guys without the draft capital. You know, you, I don't know if like how much uh, people we, we have, we, we had John Laban and, and, um, and Matt Hicks. And I know, I think it was Matt or John or maybe both. I know they actually liked Puka coming in, in as a rookie. So maybe guys like that did have him on the radar, but um, yeah, I, I feel like sometimes it's, it's too late by the time you give in to a guy and, and thinking he is going to be as good as he's shown. But by the, by the time you actually get there, uh, the opportunities are not as, 
you know, not as uh, available. Right. All right. Let's look at tight end a bit because one guy who's definitely up there, age 34, crushing it right now. Life, he's on top of the world. You know, he's got one of the the biggest uh, artists or pop or whatever you want to call her, famous people showing up at his games. Uh, his brother's rocking it with that documentary. I mean, the Kelseys are everywhere. They've got their podcast, which good for them. Great for, for Travis. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. It's fun to watch him play. But let's face it, Danny's 34 years old. And as much as we talk about the tight end position is like wine, where the older they get, the better they get. They're able to play at an older age, but they also take a beating, let's face it, at that position. So this, this I was going to say this weekend, but it was actually on Monday. We saw Travis or uh, TJ Hawk have a really nice game, and he's he's been legit this year, Dan. I know he's a guy that that we like coming into the season. He just popped right away when he got to Minnesota. You could tell that that's something they were lacking. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Irv Smith Jr. But um, <laughs> are we? I mean, are we witnessing Dan the passing of the torch here with with TJ Hawk? Is Kelsey like it, still your tight end one? I know coming into the season, you know, especially the redraft tournaments, we were smashing Kelsey anytime you can in that first round tight end premium and where does mark andrews or boy mandrews fit into this equation with these guys yeah i think that's a kind of an interesting conversation because you know kelsey right now he is 34 uh you know age concerns all that kind of stuff but when you have patrick mahomes and you're his number one target and you have the level of chemistry those guys had is just insane. It's bananas. Uh, you know, and you, you constantly see them both adjusting to the other, you know, like you go back and you look at the replay, you know, Kelsey's always managing to find that soft spot to settle in and make the catch. Uh, you know, Mahomes is always, you know, figuring out how he can get the ball to Kelsey. Uh, you know, when, he, when you've got that kind of thing going on a top offense that's as creative as, as what their offense is, you know, and they scheme things to get Kelsey the ball with room to run. And, you know, that is extremely, extremely rare. And you contrast that to TJ Hawkinson, who's a guy who really works underneath a lot. He doesn't really do a lot of seam routes and things like that where he's really running down the middle of the field. He's more doing, you know, it, it, almost doing more like a slot receiver. So, you know, as it, it, Scott Pianowski, has been on the show a couple times, good friend of mine says, you know, TJ Hawkinson might need 20 targets to get to 100 yards. Uh, you know, in a, in a PPR or a tight end premium league where you're getting extra points for those targets or for those receptions, that definitely helps out. You know, like this, uh, the game last night, he had, what, 11 catches for – 88 yards or something like that, uh, you know, and I think he had 14 targets or something, you know, so he had 14 targets, still couldn't get to 100 yards, uh, you know, so that puts him at a, you know, kind of at a different tier than Kelsey, but still a very, very valuable tier. I mean, we know the tight end position is just, it's it's crap. Anybody you can hang your hat on reliably week to week, uh, you know, it's worth their weight in gold. I think Mark Andrews is probably the closest to being a Travis Kelsey. The problem is, is that, that offense is not remote, you know, Lamar Jackson is not Patrick Mahomes. He's an awesome quarterback in and of his own right, but he, he goes about the job differently. Uh, you know, he doesn't throw as much. He's not looking for Mark Anderson, you know, like Mark Andrews is not the force that, that Kelsey is. But if you put Andrews on the chiefs and you put Kelsey 
on the Ravens, you might see Mark Andrews looking a lot like Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey looking a lot like Mark Andrews, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And and now, you, especially with the Ravens getting new weapons with Zay and, you know, um, uh, oh, I always just want to say OBD for some reason. Uh, Odell, <laughs> Odell Beckham uh, is an old that's a, that's a different group. That's an old dirty bastard. Um, that's, a, that, that's a pop reference of the night other than Taylor Swift, but uh, no, I see what you're saying, and that's, the, I mean, PPR, Andrew's beauty, right? Like, he's, he's getting your touchdowns, he's getting receptions. If you're betting props, he's definitely the over on the reception numbers, not the yardages, is what you're saying, Dave. Yeah, yeah, so you got, yeah, you've got uh, Hawkinson for, for receptions, and then uh, Andrew's for yardage, for sure. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, Derek Henry, Dan, no, new uh, hot topic out there in the X machine. And, you know, you, your brain starts imagining and, you know, it is fantasy and that would definitely be a fantasy. I, I looked at some of the teams that were favorites. I think the Bills were like two to one favorites to get him or something ridiculous like that. I mean, I feel like anywhere he goes, especially the contenders, the good offenses, it's exciting. Where would be the most exciting for you? Where do you think the best fantasy landing spot is for Derrick Henry right now? And, and what do you think the chances are of him actually being moved? The yeah, that's, I, I mean, I never, as you know, JD, I pretty much never bet on players ever moving. Yeah. Um, it's just too, you know, there's are seeing it more and more, hap- like it's happening more and more, you know, especially it, when there's it, smoke, like. It is happening more and more, but, you know, we're still talking about, you know, like a good trade deadline, uh, you know, there's like maybe a dozen deals and maybe two three four of them might involve a fantasy player and maybe one of those might be a decent fantasy player you know what i mean it's just it it it's 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 a tough deal uh you know i if if he gets moved i mean yeah i think buffalo is definitely uh you know everybody would salivate about that uh <laughs> I, I i'd love to see him in cincinnati and just you know, push Joe Mixon to the side or something like that. Baltimore, oh my God, uh, that that would be something else as Did well. Did you see the list? Did you see the list? The odds? No, I didn't. You... So two to one the Bills, okay. three to one the Chiefs, four to one the Dolphins, six to one the Cowboys, eight to one the Steelers. I don't know why the Steelers would go after Henry right now. Like they're not... yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, they do like a bell cow, and um, you know, I don't know. He he would certainly. Uh, be better than Najee Harris. I mean, I I just I'm not sure that Miami. I, I don't know that he's a great fit for Miami. No. I don't know that you know the Chiefs. Yeah, but in a way, I would be kind of disappointed because you know, Mahomes just does not throw to the running backs that often. You know, and I don't know. Would, what they, it, I think, it, I'm afraid it would cheapen up Mahomes and Henry both. You know, like would like be the worst yeah. of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, look, you you could. Yeah, I, I think it probably does. Um, I, I'm way rather he goes to the Bills for sure. Um, the Cowboys would just kill Pollard. Um, Dolphin. The thing with the Dolphins is you know A chains there kind of long term. So yeah, he comes in for this year. But yep. and a team like the Chiefs don't necessarily need, like. I feel like Pacheco does what they need. You know, like he does what right. they need from the running back. And then they got like six other guys that are waiting on the sideline to McKinnon or, you know, one of those guys, CH, to jump in whenever they need to fill in the gaps. So I don't know. Ravens for me is definitely interesting. I mean, that would, wow. That, like they that already look strong. 
So imagine them getting like J.K. Dobbins, but on juice. <laughs> well, you, you just know that somehow uh, Howie Roseman is going to end up getting him in Philadelphia for like uh, a sixth round pick and uh, a backup safety and, uh, you know, a, yeah. a, a bag of peanuts or something. I mean, you know, just the way that guy does deals. <laughs> and then you're always sitting there going, why did my team make that move? You know? Yep, exactly. Who could have afforded that? Let's go back to yeah, the I, I, Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I do think, uh, you know, probably out of all those, Baltimore and Buffalo are my favorites. Um, yeah. Those would be the, the preferred landing spots for me. Uh, I, I could also see him uh, in the Chargers. I'm not sure it would necessarily, you know, I don't know how well it would work out for fantasy, but it would be awfully fun in reality. Yeah. He he'd be like an overpaid Leonard Fournette there. I feel like you know, like something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting, right? And and fun to start seeing these things. And you know, we see uh, the Colts maybe going after Judy, or you know, like there's a lot of fun fun whispers out there of, of trade uh, possibilities that are that are um, on the horizon. And I mean, it's always fun for fantasy, right? When when the NFL plays. Uh, dynasty like we do and makes mm-hmm. uh, some, some exciting trades especially on the offense, offensive side of the uh, ball but Kirk Cousins Dan is definitely an old classic he's I, I tell you that guy he's really grown on me in the last in the last couple of years like just he's he went from like being vanilla to he's I mean he's vanilla but he's got like you know he's got some shimmer he's 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 definitely a, a fun guy he's he I feel like he brings probably more to the dressing room than we can ever imagine and I feel like he's gotten better. Like he just keeps getting better. He's kind of like I talked about tight ends being like, like, uh, like wine, right? And and aging. And he just seems to be getting better, even without JJ beating uh, the 49ers. Now, where do you rank Kirk Cousins? Because let's face it, he doesn't get respect everywhere, right? Like whether it's Viking fans or Washington fans or whatever NFL fans, fantasy fans, he's not the shiny you know, pick when you draft him, uh, you know, in, I, I know I have quite a bit of him just cause he was, I felt like he was a nice value, um, this off season, where do you draft Kirk right now? And do you think he's super bowl material? Like, do you think he can take your Vikings to a super bowl? I don't because I think, uh, cousins is a little bit, well, there are a lot of reasons on that, but mostly what it comes down to is Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback, but he is not a franchise-defining quarterback the way he needs to be for the salary that he's making. When you're making $40 million a year, you better be able to carry the franchise no matter what the defense is doing, no matter what kind of receivers you got around you. Because uh, you know the simple fact is they're not going to be able to afford to put his that good of a team around uh you know and the thing is they've put a lot of they've put a lot of their bullets into the offense uh you know with jefferson and hawkinson and addison and this is all fantastic for cousins as a fantasy player um but it's not so good in reality because the problem is is with all those resources tied up on the offense there's not much there for defense you know and when you've got to score 35 points every game to win which has often been the case for Cousins. I mean, that's that's too big of an ask for any quarterback, and so that's a, that's a tough thing. And then when you're, a, you know, when everybody on the offense is, you know, treating the ball like it's got grease all over it, um, that also is, is is not great too. But uh, you know, as far as a fantasy uh, asset, Cousins is he's fantastic because 
Nobody wants to put him up in the top seven or eight quarterbacks dynasty-wise. And yet every year he performs for sure as a top 12 and often as a top eight quarterback. And, you know, so, you know, for a while, I remember, was it as recently as last year, maybe two years ago, uh, people were saying Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins are kind of the same guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's like it's not even close. So, you know, Cousins, just because of the fact that he's kind of vanilla and all of that, and a, you know, an, an aw shucks kind of quarterback, he doesn't uh, he doesn't have the cachet as some of the other guys. But, uh, you know, when you're putting up 22.8 fantasy points per game and, uh, you know, you look at Pat Mahomes, he's putting up 25.2, you're in the same ballpark as him. You know, you're in the same ballpark as uh, uh, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, you know, all those guys, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, you know, so Cousins, I think, is a is a great fantasy asset, and he comes cheaper than pretty much all those guys. Yeah, and we've seen him be top ten, top three. He gave us a wide receiver. Right. receiver. QB2, uh, he gave us two top fives, including a, a top two finish. He's giving a, given us four top ten uh, finishes in his first six weeks. And your one concern would be, you know, JJ gets hurt. Oh no, what happens to the offense? What happens to Cousins? Slide in Jordan Addison, you know, and just take over uh, what what JJ was was kind of leaving on the field there. And then TJ Hawk, of course, like we saw. And even Akers kind of looked like, you know, if you squinted the right way, he kind of looked okay. I don't know, Dan, what do, you, what do you think? I wasn't as big on Akers coming in, but I feel like his price is down now. And maybe we saw a little bit of them maybe wanting to use him more in, in Minnesota. I mean, I think Minnesota really needs to explore that Acres opportunity a little bit more because Madison ain't it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, Madison is what happens when you take analytics too far. Called it, uh, called it, Dan. <laughs> you called it. I just couldn't draft that guy this off season, man. It just yeah. It, 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 it's yeah, it's a tough thing because you know they're sitting there. They let the analytics tell them that oh, here's a guy who you know. He gives you a high success rate and all that kind of stuff. What they, you know, what they're not taking into account is, you know, you've got to have guys who have, you know, some juice. And Madison, he just doesn't have juice, um, you know. And also, he had Dalvin Cook, you know, taking some of the punishment. And you know, Madison kind of comes in in that breather role. And when you're when you're you know carrying the ball seven eight times a game instead of you know twelve or thirteen times a game, there's a big difference. Yeah, the whole uh, cousins in prime time thing is uh, is kind of out the window now, right? He's got uh, you know a couple of TDs, one interception. He's he's yeah, actually, yeah. You know, I you know part of it is okay. Your prime time games are usually games against better teams, you know. So that's valid. That's very yeah. valid, actually. Yeah, it's a good point. So good point. you know, there's it's part of that. You know, there's there's a little bit of variance in there too. You know that uh, you know. Sometimes you just it, it just so happens that you don't play well on games that happen to be nationally televised, and it's not necessarily because of that. It's either because the defense was good or it's just kind of random luck. All right, Dan, let's um, let's end on this. We got a question, a little trade question in the chat here. Josh, would you trade Carr for Roshan Johnson and Janu? Twenty men redraft PPR. Russ's start. This has to be super flex, right? Um, I mean, if Carr is on your bench and you can oh, trade him for, for Roshan and Janu, and that helps your team, yeah. I mean, I, all these things are so team specific. You know, what what does your team need? 
uh, you know, but if, if if Carr is a tradable asset, yeah, Roshan and Janu, I would take that back because I think Roshan is going to be a, a valuable part of the Bears uh, the rest of the way. And Janu, I mean, you know, would you rather have him or Kyle Pitts? <laughs> it's a it's yeah, a valid Johnny's question. Crushing. Johnny's crushing. I picked him up in FFPC, and it's like I can't not start him. I feel stupid if I don't start him. Like he's in the high teens every week, uh, points wise. Now I'm just curious: is that um, is that super flex, man? Josh, let it, let me know, brother. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I, I put these up, Dan, while you were yapping. Zach Moss. Oh, good. Uh, I, I would love that. Yeah, Pierre Mar. Yeah, he's put up some good ones. He had Javante going to Tampa, um, and then just commenting that Addison is definitely a late winner. Uh, I, I don't know about that. Uh, if if Justin Jefferson stays out, then yes. But otherwise, I think uh, Jordan Addison kind of finds himself in the same shoes as you know Devonta Smith and so you think he's Jalen Waddle. So high. I mean, if you can get somebody who's going to give you those kind of prices, uh, you know, super high price, yeah, I think he's I feel like high. after a two TD game down like this with those kind of numbers, you know, he's the new shiny kind of. I feel like if I okay, let's put it this way: if somebody came to you and said, "I'll trade you Puka Nakua for your Jordan Addison," are you taking that deal? For sure, I am. We just talked about he's like a top five to eight receiver. Even yep. even if I don't think he is, I'm taking that deal just to just to have the value of the Puka Nakua, who's going to be going in probably end of the first round in in this off season's drafts. You know, what about if it was uh, Puka and a third for Jordan and a second? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I'm not big on those trades just because I like. What do you? Yeah, right. I might do it. I feel like it's it's they're similar. I mean, they're similar enough just to get the, the trade up. I don't know. I don't know, Dan. I feel like those those trades are kind of – I don't like doing the same position trade. You know what I mean? The swap. Mm-hmm. I don't like those trades. Yeah. You got you to feel like you've got an edge on it somehow. Exactly. That, that, that the other guy isn't seeing. And, it, you know, and to me, it might be, you know, if the other guy is anchoring to that Jordan Addison draft capital too much, yeah. then that might be where the edge is. I agree. I agree. If you can get on either one of those guys, if you can squeeze squeeze some nice yeah. value right now, yeah, man, this has been fun. We talked uh, some redrafts, some dynasty. The chat was was live. You guys were were nice. Uh, uh, we got guys coming in late. Guys, go re, re rewatch the show. Make sure you smash the like. Make sure you follow the Goat District channel. Uh, Dan and I are on there. We've got the owners lounge where we talk about our dynasty teams. We get into details. Some you know we I mean, we were trading for Tyree Kill this off season. Um, you know. Um, turned around some really nice teams doing well in those leagues. We'll come back with an owner's lounge soon. We've got um, Thursday tailgate where at 12 noon, we do a deep dive into the Thursday night game, uh, looking at all the start sits, prop bets, lines, anything related to that Thursday night game. You can find us at 12 noon Eastern on the goat district channel. And then at 7 PM, we do the Wednesday tailgate. I know we got Mike Shopes coming on um, from um, deep end, deep end, yeah, coming on yeah. next week, and the Buffalo Bills um, radio voice, Mr. Mike Shope. So he'll be on next Thursday, and then we're working with uh, Mr. Jackson, uh, Jacks Falcons uh, agents right now to uh, to schedule him in uh, very shortly, and and we're gonna start loading up the uh, guest list. And I know we've got uh, some people kind of in the green room that we're just waiting to get some dates for. So. Make sure you, you tune into all of it, including the uh, podcasts. 
um, on your favorite uh, I'm reading the chat as I'm reading. Sorry, Dan. Uh, <laughs> your now, now, now you know we're getting down to it. From December Shandy to Oktoberfest, yes. Oktoberfest is uh, multiple times better than any summer Shandy. There it is. All right. You heard it there from he's the overhead sleeper. No E on the end. Hopefully you guys enjoyed tonight's show. You can find us every Tuesday night right here on the Player Pro Filer Network. I'm JD at JD Go District. Guys, go smash. Go smash your week eight and keep crushing. We're here to help you. We'll check you all. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy Trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish.